Shawty, what's all with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. It she know about the kid and fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up all with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. In today's episode, Jordan Butsy and I talk about the Heat versus the Knicks game and the Warriors and the Lakers game. All right, here with Butsy and Jordan, and we're going to start by talking about the Warriors-Lakers game. That I think that game was a little bit more interesting than the Heat-Knicks game, so we'll start with that. Um, I personally fucking thought this game was terrible in the for the first half. A lot of brick shots, a lot of awful turnovers. Draymond passed to Darwin Ham. Um, lots of weird stuff. And the second half got a lot more fun for sure. I think this game was really strange because you wasted, they wasted a, a game, a Steph Curry game where you had a triple double with 31 points and no one else on the Warriors showed up. And that's kind of scary because I thought like this game is a relatively do or die game and you would think they would show up. So we'll start with you, Butsy. What was your key takeaway from this game? Um, That Steph was all by himself and had zero support this game. I mean, it was so obvious that, like, literally they had nobody else to go to when they went down, when they came down the floor. And, you know, we were talking about last night, we were texting each other live when the game was going on about how bad of a shot, you know, Steph was taking and and all that stuff down the stretch. But if you think about it, it's like all game, who would you rather have gone to? Would you rather Steph kind of take one of those shots or would you rather have um, you know, Wiggins or Clay try to create something because that wasn't working all game. Um, they scored what 101 points and Curry had 30 of them, which is mm-hmm. abysmal. Um, this game was not a fun game to watch, but uh, you know, not talking about the Warriors as much. This was a Lonnie Walker game. Lonnie Walker outscored the Warriors by himself in the fourth Crazy. quarter. He had he had 15 in the fourth quarter. The Warriors had 13. Um, it just seemed like the Warriors like literally couldn't find the bottom of the ocean. Um, they seemed a little disjointed. It it seemed it was weird because it was kind of gross to watch because it was really fast paced and just a lot of turnovers and missed shots. It looked like a glorified pickup game in that sense. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just really fast paced, missed shots, turnovers, just not great basketball. Um, and that played into the Lakers' uh, favor last night. Usually the Warriors come away, uh, you know, the favorites out of that because they can hit those you know transition breakdown threes. They couldn't hit anything last night. Except Steph, and um, but yeah, now Lakers have a three-one lead going back to Golden State. The series is just about all wrapped up. Jordan, what happened to Clay Thompson? I mean, they just didn't go to him. I, I don't think he touched the ball very much. Like, I mean, he went three. He was three for eleven from the field, three for nine from three. So he got yeah, some shots. But I, I think to get Clay going, like you have to draw up plays for him and you have to design stuff. Um, obviously, yeah, he didn't shoot well, but. I think this is this is where Clay's at, where he's gonna have off games. <clears throat> Excuse me, he's gonna have off games. He's gonna have nights where his shots don't go down and where he can't get you know a ton of good looks. And I think that's a big reason why this Warriors team is different. Um, you know, like Steve Kerr. I think they mentioned on the broadcast that Steve Kerr told the team like they can't afford to to have the the careless turnovers and to get out rebounded and to be lazy on defense like they used to be able to because. They would just outscore teams, and they would just light it up from three with Steph and Clay. Um, Wiggins doesn't look the same to me. I think his jump shot's just off. He can't get things to fall. His confidence looks a little shaken. And yeah, I liked what you said. You know, this was probably the best I've seen Steph Curry pass the ball since awesome. I've been watching him. 
yeah. and and these were you know 14 assists they were allowed 14 like these were these were dimes behind the backs no looks lobs um splitting splitting a double like when the double would come up to curry to attack he'd he'd pass through the double which is like kind of just insane to do and he hit he hit kavon looney on the on the bottom um like block through it with a pass like that that was just mesmerizing so you're right about that yeah. i i agree yeah like steph was great i thought all game until the last like maybe four minutes um you know with, with how good steph was i want to kind of make it clear that he he does have to be better in those moments like he shot first of all three for 14 from three that's i mean that's that's an all game issue like the shots weren't going down but then the step back at the end of the game with, you know, 12 seconds on the shot clock really bothered me. Um, I didn't like, you know, the the shot before that, whereas the the one-legged step back with AD on him, I thought that was a bad look too. So I think this is kind of this next game and, and the next couple games, maybe if the Warriors can survive, like I think Steph really needs to, you know, take over shooting the ball like we know he can. It's interesting the questions we had for the Lakers going into it was depth questions. Um, we know that they got more players, so we weren't saying necessarily it was a lack of personnel. It was a lack of tested personnel. And what I mean by that is like Rui Hachimura, I believe this is his first playoffs. I mean, shout out Wenyan, we love him, but I think this is his first playoffs as well. Schroeder, we kind of know what he is. He can be really helpful in some playoff games, so we, that he wasn't really questioned. But Lonnie Walker, Troy Brown Jr., Tristan Thompson, Beasley, um, Harrison Christie, like those guys didn't even play, but um, that's really the bench depth that the Lakers have. And you would think on paper they would be lacking some depth compared to the Warriors, but the Warriors are the ones that are lacking it. I mean, Green is unplayable. He only got two minutes this game. Kevon Looney only got 11 minutes. Uh, for some reason, he got played right off the he court. Was, uh, two sorry, he was, he's sick. He was, he he was is, coming yeah. back from an illness. So. That is fair, fair. And Gary Payton threw up in his mouth on the court, which was crazy. He held it in. Yeah, then he had to run off, and Draymond yeah. threw it to Darwin Ham. It was kind of a crazy sequence. It was, it was strange. Uh, but yeah, uh, Moses Moody, not Moses Moody. Uh, what's his face? Moody is yeah. Oh, it is Moses Moody actually. Sorry. Um, he's playing like I don't know around nineteen ish, maybe under some games. Jordan Poole is unplayable. Finally, they just stopped playing him. He only got ten minutes. Thank God. Yeah, he is awful. And then Divincenzo has fifteen. So really. If you're looking at the splits, I mean, the guy that played the least for the starting five was Gary Payton with 23 minutes, followed by Draymond at 37. So it's clear. I mean, Stephen Clay had 41 and 42 respectively. These these uh, starting fives are getting a lot of play for the Warriors, and their bench is just killing them. Whereas with the Lakers, you can have a guy that comes in and has a heat check uh, just about every night. You've seen D'Lo have a do it in one series. I mean, he was horrific absolutely terrible this game he had four points one for ten from the field over four from three um but you can have a Rui Hachimura game you didn't last night you can have a Schroeder game and then you can have a Lonnie Walker game as Butsy was alluding to so they Lakers just have this bench depth that is pretty surprising seeing as going into it I thought the Warriors would have had a better bench depth so they have some we're not going to do it yet because the Warriors haven't lost yet but if the Warriors do end up losing this series there's some interesting conversations that happen in terms of what do you do with Poole? What do you do with Draymond? This is the second year in a row where Poole has been unplayable in the playoffs and he just signed a four-year $140 million contract. So there's going to be some interesting conversations that happen if they do lose. Butsy, go ahead. So 
I got two things. One, yes, Pool is a huge bust. Like, not even close. I mean, right now, this contract seems to be one of the worst contracts ever. The, yeah, um, yeah. But number two, Dante DiVincenzo and Moody both had really, really good games. They did. But they only played 19 and 15 minutes. Like, you look at the Lakers bench and how much these guys are playing. Schroeder played 35 minutes off the bench. Lonnie Walker played 27 minutes off the bench. And Ruby played 14. Like, mm. if you want your bench guys to be able to come in and produce, like, you know, enough to put you over the edge for a game where Clay and Wiggins don't have their best stuff, you're going to need more than 19 minutes out of Dante. Or, so, or 15 minutes out of Dante and 19 out of Moody. Usually Moody is not that big of a score, but Dante can put the ball in the fucking hoop. Yeah, I think the problem is is that when you're subbing them in, you're subbing in for either Clay, Steph, or Draymond if it's Moody. That's, a, that's like the only thing with that, I think. But I agree with you, like, Maybe give them rest, but I think the problem is you just can't rely on their scoring enough. Other than Dante Divincenzo, Dante's he, gross, yeah, dude. He, I mean, that he is game. so good. He gets the rim so well. He plays really hard on offense too. I literally think he came in the game last night and like flew in for two offensive rebounds and two possessions. Like, and then in the in the third had some big threes. Like he's just a huge spark plug for this team that only gets fifteen minutes. I mean, four of six shooting, two of four from three, uh, one turnover, but ten points in fifteen minutes. That's like really fucking efficient. So I'd like to see more Dante. I'd like to see more out of the bench. Obviously not having Poole play anywhere near good hurts them greatly. Uh, but I think Dante could be more of a factor if he just got more burn. But, you know, on a night where Clay doesn't have his best stuff, like he's 3 for 11 or Wiggins is 6 for 14, like give Dante some runs. See what he can do. If he, if he doesn't do anything, they go back to your guys. But, you know. I think you got to give these bench guys more of a chance. Playing them 19 and 15 minutes is not going to help you win games when your starters aren't playing well. Really isn't. Jordan, what are you seeing defensively from the Lakers? Like, what are they doing that's working? I mean, honestly, I thought the game plan by Steve Kerr was actually really good to uh, bring Gary Payton up or whoever AD was guarding to bring him up and, and get AD away from the basket. The Warriors dominated the paint points. So I thought that was great. And... The Lakers obviously rely on AD so much. I think the Warriors missed a lot of good looks last night. Um, the Lakers, they were out of sorts a little bit on defense. You could see throughout the whole game. They gave up a lot of open stuff. A lot of open layups like in the first half. And then the the jump shots, I mean, kind of seemed like lazy closeouts by the Lakers for for a lot of the game. And then obviously Lonnie Walker comes in and, and is able to like close it out for them, I think without that big burst from Lonnie Walker, I don't think the Lakers win this game at all. So I don't think the Lakers played amazing um, defensively. I think they kind of down the stretch got the production that they needed to offensively that the Warriors didn't. You know what I noticed too is that they finally started calling the legal screen calls on the Warriors. And Steve Kerr had the audacity to bitch about it. They've been Their entire dynasty has been built off of those illegal street, uh, illegal screens from uh draymond and the other bigs that come up and do fully moving screens draymond is every screen every screen's illegal pretty much but those are blatantly no those ones are blatant there's some there's some traditional big men like you know um ivaka zubach is like i like watching his screens because he fucking sets his feet and just locks in but draymond dude draymond's (laughs) never even he's like fully moving I can't believe you just referenced Zubats as Dude. like, oh yeah, I love watching that guy set screens. It, I mean, like, like you, well, you just sit in your bed at night and you just watch Zubats screen highlights. I can't, I can't say I haven't done that, but I mean, like, <laughs> we we uh, you know how we are. Sometimes you got to give uh, some good graces to the Clippers players, so the Clippers fans, you know, learn to love us again. Um, 
but yeah, no, I, I, I think Draymond is really bad with that. And I just think it was funny that Steve Kerr was calling it out as if, um, you know, they, they hadn't been getting away with that for six years. The thing that is also funny though, there was some pretty bad calls on the Warriors. Um, just some, there was a rip through that was terrible. Uh, there was a couple of calls I would like was shaking my head at, but I mean, you can't hang your hat on that. That's the fouls weren't that there wasn't a huge differential. I, the Lakers shot 20 free throws, the Warriors shot 12. So, I mean, it, it is what it is, but um, any other takeaways from this game? I, th- I feel like we covered it pretty well. It was a pretty sloppy game. Do you guys think, we'll start with you, Butsy, do you think the Warriors come back down 3-1? No, but I think they could They could make it interesting. I think, I think it's, a, I don't know, because I really think they could push it to 7, but Game 7 would be in Golden State. And I don't really know if they'd lose a Game 7 in Golden State, Yeah, but I think this could go 7 and they could lose. I think it's going to be interesting. I I like I don't think this is going to be over in 5 at all. Um no. I think this series definitely still has some life to it. But uh to go off what you said about the officiating, they had Scott uh Scott Foster last night was on was on the crew this series extender. Yep. That's kind of what he's known for is for making series more interesting. And uh, I was shocked to see that the Warriors lost. Shocked. I and They're I had shocking. the over. So I I mean I was just I was I was really mad watching this game. I mean, first half like not one shot went down. Literally, oh. it was just open look after open look. I thought it was a fucking pickup, you know, shoot around, and nobody could find the bottom of the basket. So, I, you know, I'm a little biased about my opinions on this game because it lost me some coin. But yeah, and just a quick update. Uh, I gave out what was it? Uh, Steph minus four and a half points more, like to score four and a half or more points than uh, LeBron in head to head. He scored four more points than LeBron. So terrible beat. He needed that one hurt. more point to cover. And so, yeah, tough beat. Um, Jordan, go ahead with your pick. I think the Lakers win this in six. And I texted after the game last night, like, where are the Lakers' apologies? This team is good. I, they I, are I, a real team, man. They are completely different. This is not the Russell Westbrook Lakers anymore. They have defenders. They have stars. They have secondary shooters. This team is legit. They have a chance to win the NBA championship this year. I would like to hear some apologies. I'm not apologizing for that. They're gonna fucking. I'm not. I'm not gonna apologize after that game. Yeah. Like if they have a dominant performance, then I might. Then I might be writing you a nice apology card. But like after a game where the Warriors put up 101 and 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 yeah. just literally could not score the basketball, and it was like we talked about it before, they were getting open looks and open layups, like and they just were not falling. Um. Steph missed like four layups. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I was not, gonna say he did. He yeah, did miss yeah. a lot of layups. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not like this. Lonnie Walker I, this apology Lakers team is, is deeply due. flawed. Lonnie Walker apology. I. I think the Lakers I, team is deeply flawed. Both teams are deeply flawed. So I don't no, they are not. I think no. the Lakers you don't think the Warriors are deeply, deeply flawed. flawed. The Warriors are flawed. I think the Lakers. The Lakers? Oh, yeah, maybe not deeply flawed. I think the the depth of the reason they're deeply flawed is that you're, that you're relying on two stars that have issues i mean well one's 38 so we can I, and then uh ad i i just want to see him hold up for all the playoffs i'm just i'm just that's what i i don't know if I, i've ever disagreed with you more about them relying on two stars when you see lebron for probably the first time in his career like playing like a real small forward and playing in transition and letting like delo and schroeder and reeves and Lonnie Walker score like they have so many guys that they don't even need LeBron James to take over a game. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess I don't know. I I think I don't I don't see 
Lonnie Walker having 15 and a fourth every night. No, but and... that's the thing. It's someone different every night. That's why I think the Lakers are dangerous. Like, But do you think they can beat Denver? I think they can. I, I actually think that's a good on-paper matchup for them because they have AD, and AD mm. has been shown that he can give you know, Jokic trouble. Yeah. All right. I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not giving you your flowers yet because I don't think that – I mean, they're so, better than we expected, but I'm not giving you your flowers. I, I, I sent this in last I'll night after the game. Um. Celtics Lakers finals. This has become want, I don't even want a real possibility. And just thinking about it, it gets me so fucking jacked up. Oh. Because if we beat the Lakers in the finals, I, it might be like the greatest like Dude. single moment of my life. Like not even oh, kidding. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm so well, that's what two thousand eight was. So yeah, but I was we were we were six. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I, I didn't still watch that series. I still I remember that one, but I do too. But I was like yeah. five, so I didn't yeah, like I really like Fair. understand that it was important to my life at all. Screaming top of my lungs with my dad. Um, dude, I don't know if I could even watch that sh- series because I would I would I think I would have to sit there like this. It's just so <laughs> so much stress. Um, I think we're, so we're be a, a long, long way stress. from that series. We're a long fucking way, and it's I I'm getting scared because. Last episode, we did not mention once like the Sixers going to the finals until the end, and I think we did. I feel like we might have jinxed ourselves, but that's 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 why I can't, that's off. why that's why I didn't want to say the Celtics yeah. are the clear cut favorite. That's yes. why I didn't want to say it. But I, I I did make sure to bring up the Sixers last pod. Yeah. I had to make sure to bring them up because Fair. you know we have to stay humble through this process. Um, also, and that's actually a pretty good. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Pretty good transition here into a possible Eastern Conference Finals opponent yes. uh, in the Miami Heat, take a 3-1 series lead against the Knicks last night. Um, you know, we did our picks last pod before the game, and I said the Heat. Jordan, you uh, chose the Knicks, and you said this was your last kind of, you know, last hurrah, hurrah for the Knicks, if you will. I don't know if that's because you like, you know, Letty. I don't know if that's because maybe you kind of like this Knicks team, but uh, they stink. They they really stink. First of all, it has nothing to do with Letty. Fuck you, Letty. Second okay. of all, it is completely because I believed in the Knicks and I liked their hustle and I liked the Josh Hart edition and I liked their mindset. And then last night they just didn't play with it. They for whatever reason, one of their best players in Julius Randle was completely disengaged defensively. Um, didn't hustle, didn't work hard. The Knicks, who were third, I think, in rebounding for the year got their asses kicked on the boards and got out hustled all night by the heat. And like the Knicks have to, the Knicks don't have enough talent to, to get out hustled and win games. So yes, you're right. That was my, my last hurrah with the Knicks. And I am now, I will concede. I was wrong about the Knicks. I thought they had more gas in the tank than they do. Well, you know what we were right about? Is that Julius Randle does not have a winning mentality with basketball because goddamn we were having to eat our words during the regular se- season when he's putting up crazy numbers and they are winning, but when it comes to playoff time, this dude is mentally checked out. Everything that happens is bad. He freaks the fuck out after every pass that goes out of bounds. He has terrible body language, and Jordan and I were talking about it too with you, but before we started recording, like this guy just fully takes himself out of the game mentally. He played terrible last night. I know th- this is one of those things, um, like the stats look all right. He had 20 points. He had nine rebounds, three assists. He also had six turnovers, and he got and he fouled out. He had the worst body language on the team. He Those 20 points were all ball-stopping 20 points that were not great shots and just slowed down the offense and mucked it down. Um, it's it's 
we were right about him. It's just the fact that he's a regular season player. He's not a playoff player because this is the second uh, season in a row where he has played terribly in the playoffs. Um, he might put up numbers. Those numbers are not helpful for his team at all. So um, it feels good because I, I know we were sitting there watching this uh, in the regular season being like, we know what we think and we know what we see, but it doesn't make sense. Like it, it, So it does make sense now that he's just playing down to what he is, which is uh, big stats during the regular season guy. And that's all right. Um, yeah, go ahead, Butts. It does feel good. It, it really does. I've been waiting on this downfall of the Knicks for all, oh, like, yeah. literally all season. Uh, I had to hear about when they were playing really good, when they were thinking about being the third seed in the East or the fourth seed in the East. I had to hear all about it. I had to hear all about it. So I'm very happy that this team is now on the decline. Um, the biggest thing I saw last night besides or goes along with like the rebounding battle that they got absolutely squashed on was just the fact that they looked beat. They looked so tired. They looked like they didn't have anything in the tank to give. Um, Brunson looked tired. Julius Randle is is gassed. He's also a little hurt. I know Jalen Brunson's also a little hurt. Um, but, you know, so is Jimmy. And, and, and when you're in these playoffs, you have to find that, that third or fourth gear that really helps propel you to win some games, and they just don't have that at all. No. Um, do I think some experience will be good for this team, and, and maybe they could be more competitive in a second round next year? Yeah, sure. Um, especially if they go out and, and sign some big-name free agent, which they do have the room for. But, like, they they just, just didn't have anything left to give. I mean, it was embarrassing. I think the Heat got, like, four offensive rebounds in one possession, and, like, it seemed every like every time down in the fourth quarter and even the late third uh, they were getting two chances on the offensive end, and they really weren't capitalizing on it either, um, which I think was the crazy part. Uh, so I want to put out the question to you guys. Should the Celtics or the Sixers fear the Heat uh, if the Heat are able to wrap up the series? I mean, there's only one, you know, it's 3-1, they got to win one game. Um, should they fear the Heat? Um, both teams, Celtics and Sixers, are more talented than the Heat, but you have to fear them at this point because they don't have – I think both those player uh, teams, Celtics and Sixers, do not have the best player in the series because the best player is Jimmy Butler, and there's nothing we can do to deny it at this point. I mean, he just proves us wrong again and again and again. And with with him, you have an X factor that is unexplained. He literally turns into Michael Jordan esque in the playoffs. So because of that, you do have to fear the Heat, just because. I mean, I think a lot of teams, and us included, didn't take them very seriously. Because that first play play in game, they lost. They looked horrific. They almost lose their second play in game. They're able to fight back. Then they they shock the Bucks, and now they're about to go to the uh, Eastern Conference Championship. Like you you got to fear them at this point. So I think that's the answer for that. Yeah, I mostly agree. I think the Heat have this weird thing too, where like they'll like just steal a game like down the stretch of a game one time, and like the other team like the Celtics last year will just fold yep. and the Heat will capitalize. And so that's why I think both Philly and Boston should be scared of the Heat because those teams aren't great at executing down in clutch time. Not, neither Philly or the Celtics are. And the Heat with Jimmy Butler do that as good as you can. Yeah, and plus the transition from the Heat would absolutely torch the Sixers. And then like you said, Jordan, uh, Celtics are probably the, one of the softer teams left mentality-wise. The Heat would crush that. Um, yeah, the Heat won this game off of having the better mentality and going after all the dirty loose balls. And oh, whoa, whoa, that didn't sound right. But <laughs> that 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 was tough. Um, <clears throat> but they went after 
everything. They they just killed it on the boards. Uh, Knicks turned everything over. And I have to apologize to Bam Adebayo. I was, you know, yeah, I was he, talking he, some shit about big apology. Yeah, he's doing an apology. I am sorry. I I got I let the I got ahead of myself there. Um, finishes twenty three and thirteen. He's having elite defense, shutting down Mitchell Robinson, who going into the series looked like, you know, Wilt Chamberlain or something with what he was fucking doing. So, um, Bam, I'm sorry. Your fucking defense has been phenomenal. You've been keeping up scoring wise, and your team is doing really good. So, yeah, bad take by me on that one. But I don't know, dude. I think the Knicks are cooked as well. I actually think they lose at MSG, but I'm not going to put any money on it. But did you guys also see a Kevin Love? Full court pass sighting in the first quarter that was fucking awesome. I've been you've been seeing a lot of those lately, yeah. And honestly, they've been really uh really fun. I think he's had like two or three in this series so far. Um, watching a Kevin Love full court pass compilation is is something it's... that I could get behind at night. Yeah, that's something that I could that I could get behind. Um, he's been playing pretty well. Uh, he's been serving that you know I know Jimmy's a veteran too, but he's been kind of serving that veteran presence on the floor. Um. Kind of facilitating offense, kind of like a like better a floor Draymond Adonis. Green. It's oh, a yeah. weird. It's weird. He's like a Draymond Green, but not exactly. Like, but like you know, what I'm saying like they both get the ball at the top of the key and kind of like just look to facilitate or look to create offense with the passing or setting screens and that type of stuff. Uh, and it's really working for this Heat team. Uh, Bam's absolutely Otis Flowers. He had a great game last night, but I really think that a big reason why the Heat are just you know kind of starting to you know, make the Knicks go belly up is because they have the experience. I mean, Eastern Conference Finals last year, finals in 2020, um, they, they've been here. They know what it takes to get to the next level, and the Knicks have zero idea. So I think the Knicks are just tired, and the Heat are just kind of finding their stride, which is I which is why I, I kind of agree with you guys that the Heat should be feared uh, next round no matter who they play because they're going to be fucking really ready to go, especially yeah. if they play the Celtics. True. Uh, Brunson also is a playoff guy. Um, he's he's Big he's. Time. He's something special. Uh, he's the smallest guy, one of the smallest guys on the court. And no matter what, offensively, he is, he's often like you can win with him as your number one offensive option. Defensively, he's too small to hold up. Um, he gets attacked. Like that's the focal point of Miami's attack is going at Brunson. But offensively, he, he's elite and they, it can be, you can start to have the conversation with, him versus Donovan Mitchell, what was the better outcome for the Knicks? And you can start to say like that was the better outcome for the Knicks was not giving up all their assets and getting Mitchell and instead just signing Brunson. So we'll, we'll have that. Yeah. We're going to save that for co- summer content when everything's over. But I think we should uh, just just make a little note for that. It's so funny because all the Knicks fans were like, Donovan Mitchell, don't you wish you were a Nick and all yeah. this shit? They shit the bed in MSG and it's like, oh, well, not as much. Well, yeah, and they just got in the body get fucking 4-1 by the Heat. Like, yeah. calm down, New York. Well, but isn't it weird how the Knicks, like, took care of a Cavs team that we all thought was really good all year? For and now You had them as, like, a finals team. Or not a finals. I'd play, uh, like, a, like, a contender. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I did. I did well what did we say? We did our like bold predictions. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. it was no no, it was something it wasn't like we agreed with you, but it was it was something like about them like making a run or something. Right. But as the season went on, we kind of saw like they're not on the level of the Sixers or the Celtics or the Bucks. But we still thought they would get out of round yeah. one. And mm-hmm. to lose to this Knicks team, like the Knicks just to me looked 
so different last series. And that's why I had faith in them and I picked them against the Heat. So I thought that their hustle, their heart, and their depth would would be enough to get by the Heat. But I I mean something's something's gone wrong mentally for, for yeah. the Knicks and something so, this, if you will. Jimmy yeah, Butler, so does this know. does this say more about the Heat or the or the Knicks? Like so does this say more that the Cavs were kind of bad or <laughs> that the Heat are just this good? I I thought the Knicks were over playing like or overperforming in my opinion. I, I, I thought like I wasn't I, I, well, we obviously didn't like Randall that much. I've never been an RJ guy, but he's been playing well in the playoffs, but he can't, he's just still not like extremely consistent. He played well last night, like really well, but I mean, it's just, he's getting more and more consistent. I thought, but I mean, going into this playoffs, I just wasn't super high on him. I feel like they're missing. They're missing. They got like a lot. They got like a weirdly built team. They need to consolidate in my opinion, I think, and get like a better big situation um, because Mitchell Robinson is just really injury prone. So getting some backup to him, um, I don't know what you do with Randall at this point, but I, I thought, I, I think that this says more about the heat than the Knicks. I think the heat, the Knicks are reverting back to their norm and they were playing out of their minds for a while. And I, I think that was a little bit weirder than what the heat are doing because I mean, the heat have the best player, like maybe in the playoffs right now. And that's Jimmy Butler. So, and this is what they do every year. They make a deep run with no, no shooting and no real a bunch of undrafted guys surrounding Jimmy so yeah I think that Cavs team just played one of the worst playoff series that we've seen in a long time um, like at least for a good team for you know a, a top four seed so I think the Knicks kind of were able to hide their flaws in that series which is their shooting and their lack of offensive firepower but then again like Miami doesn't have a ton of firepower either, so they're they're just getting outworked, which is what's the only thing that surprised me. That I, I did not see that coming. Also, um, I think Tibbs outcoached Bickerstaff uh, in that series with yeah, Cleveland, true. and this series, Spolstra is fully outcoaching um, Tibbs right now, and really, that's kind of a huge aspect of it. Is the way the looks that they're throwing at the Knicks, and the way that they're just making the Knicks look like. Uh, they're on a completely lower level than the Heat is, I think, a lot to do with Spolstra as well. That's why I fear the Heat because Spolstra is gonna have a heyday with with um, Missoula. Like for as much shit as we give Tibbs, um, he's still a really really good coach and has been around for a long time. Spolstra's making him look like this. I'm afraid to see what he's gonna make Missoula look like. So is the Tibbs effect real? Uh, you know where Tibbs just kind of overworks his guys and then yeah. they get run down in the playoffs. And, you know, this has been a common trend ever since like 2011 with Derrick Rose or yes. whenever the fuck he won MVP. So is the Tibbs effect real? Well, Tibbs is a weird coach. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. Tibbs is such a weird coach for this team. And I think and over the summer, Jordan and I tried to rebuild the Knicks and we our first move was firing Tibbs. And it's not because he's not a good coach. He's a good veterans coach. He's terrible for development because he plays the same five guys and he doesn't he doesn't like to bring young guys off the bench. So it seems like the Knicks kind of did what the Warriors did, where the Warriors wanted to go in two different um spots. They wanted to have their veteran team and try and make a run while also bringing along their young guys and drafting. So that's what the Wiseman, Moody, Kaminga, and Poole kind of thing was. And that clearly hasn't worked because they've had their foot in two areas. And I think that's what the Knicks are trying to do right now. You have a coach that is better for veterans. You have your starting five built up of veterans, but then your bench is a bunch of really young guys that you're trying to 
you know, bring along and turn into players. So I think they got to figure out what their direction is because they're overachieving right now for what their team is built for. I yeah, agree. Fair I, I, I don't have anything. I don't have a rebuttal <laughs> against that. Yeah, I don't either. I think that was good. Um, are the Celts going to win tonight? Yes, they are. Yeah, I um, right. I I think so. Um, I just think they're the better team, and I think it's finally going to show. Um, I, man, I'm nervous for it though. I like, like, I'm not, I'm not. We confident. need a Tatum I mean, game. I, we need a Tatum game, and I, and I think it'll come. I mean, remember, like last year, you know, when we was we had a game, we had a closeout game, or they had a closeout game six in Milwaukee, and right. Tatum decided to go for fucking forty six, <laughs> like. I would rather not be in that position again. Uh, I'd rather have him have a forty-six point game to put us up three-two. Um, but either way, I, I, this isn't a do-or-die game for the Seas yet. We're not, we're not there just yet. But holy shit, would I not feel confident going down two-three to Philly? Um, I think we get it done tonight. I think Tatum has a game. Um, there's got to be a mentality switch eventually. Like he's just got to go watch himself play last year and be like, where the fuck is is this guy? Yeah. Max, have you have you heard these Jalen Brown comments and the murmurs? And they're the, yeah, it's, they're, it's they're loud, right? They're not, they're not even murmurs, be, dude. He doesn't want to be here, is what I like. I, I don't. It's very evident to me that he doesn't want to be in Boston, and he's going to. Or be we next. could just like get him some shots, maybe. Well, maybe we yeah. should fucking talk to our coach about it because I mean, I, at this point, like, what? Why? Why is Marcus Smart shooting the ball so goddamn much? You know. It drives me nuts. Could one of us? Could one of us do a better job than Joe Missoula? Because I honestly think it's not that hard. Like, oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! I don't this think it's that hard. Take. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> a bad take. That's Come a bad on. take. It's not um, that hard. It is run floppy. Floppy hard. gets you to open three every time. Run floppy. Oh man, um, okay, dude. Offense. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Jalen doesn't want to be here. You better fucking hope he makes an All NBA. Don't team say that, dude. He, I, I, I think know, he wants to be here. He wants. His role back, like he wants to yeah. be. I I understand why he's pissed. Year. I'd be fucking pissed too if I'm like the Robin to some Batman that doesn't want to be fucking Batman and is afraid of being in public. Uh, you know. So yeah, I heard. Um, he's... I think first things first was talking about it, and it's like our our sixth best offensive player in Marcus Smart is our alpha, like down um, the stretch. That's <laughs> what he's sucks. like. The, he's like the guy with the mentality. He's like, like. The, the one that we want Tatum to have. Yeah. The one that I think Jalen does have, but he, for whatever reason, like, well, when he doesn't get the ball, he doesn't demand the ball. Like, I, I do think Jalen can demand the ball. That's, he can't, well, he can't yeah. dribble, though. Is like, that's like, <laughs> that's the other he thing. Can't. That he, he, he literally can. can't dribble, which is, there is no excuse for not being able to dribble at an elite level because that's something that no matter what physical gifts you have, that's something that you can make better easily by just practicing it. How bad like, was he last year in the finals when it came to ball handling? I mean, is he like, worse now holy though? Like, because it, it might no. be, he might, he might, dude. He's not getting. He didn't get any better. He last he didn't game, get any better, but dribbled. I don't think he got any worse. Yeah, um, it's weird. Like, Jalen Brown comes in like, and he always starts the first quarter off really hot, and he'll get like his like the quickest fourteen points in NBA history. It feels like. It's ridiculous, um, dude. Then you're like, Jalen's going absurd. for 50, finally. And we're like, it. he's going to have, you know, a 70-point game, and he's going to finally be an all-NBA second-team player. But but then he just seems to either disappear, or when he gets the ball, he's trying to dribble it off his foot, or he's just kind of out of rhythm. So I don't know why he comes in in the first quarter and is just in rhythm immediately, and then uh, can't seem to find that rhythm for the rest of the game. I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's himself i don't know if that's his mentals but 
Um, I'd like to have Jalen Brown rhythm for 48 fucking minutes in a basketball game, and think, he would probably score 60 a game. I think it's more probably. the down-the-stretch stuff that bothers me. Like, I get you're not going to have, you know, eight shots every quarter, like like Jalen sometimes gets in the first quarter, uh, you know, six, seven, eight shots. But, like, it's the down-the-stretch stuff where he's literally just in the corner and doesn't touch the ball, and no one looks for him, no one tries to get him the ball, and he doesn't try to get the ball. That's what bothers me. He's had good games like like the games we've won in this series have been, you know, Jalen plays really well. And then it's not really a game in the fourth quarter. But in these close games down the stretch, he needs some touches. And I just don't understand why he doesn't get that. So, That's what bugs me. I I got a question. Do you think he wants those touches? Yes. Like, uh, yeah. He's, he's been saying he wants like them yesterday. <laughs> yeah. He then, said it. then then go get it. Like. It don't it's not gonna be fucking handed on a platter every time. I mean, like you see all these great guys like Jimmy or Jimmy is a perfect example. He's gonna go get the fucking basketball and win a game. Joel Embiid, eh? Like, but Jimmy's gonna go get a basketball and and win the fucking game and get a bucket if he needs to get a bucket. Like, if you want to be that guy, like be that guy. Like, go be a a leader, you know, vocally as well rather than just lead with play. Like, Marcus Smart is our vocal leader. And I feel like he, you know, is assuming the role of being that clutch guy as well. When that's just definitely should not, not be clutch. the case. Yeah, he's just, just not should not be the case. But we need another like one of our top two guys needs to fucking be a leader when it comes to winning basketball games because we don't have that right now. Yeah, but Jalen can't go and rip the ball out of Smart's hands. I I think Missoula needs to finally fucking bench Smart in the clutch moments and put in Brogdon. I think I agree with both of you. I think the we we've done the Brogdon smart thing forever. It, it should be Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Mark or Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, and Al Horford, mm-hmm. especially in this yeah. series where where Rob hasn't necessarily been himself. We haven't really needed him to be because Al's been so good defensively. Yeah. I just don't think that's going to happen. I do agree with Butsy that Jalen needs to get the ball more, and I also agree with you, Max, that Missoula needs to get him touches, and the the teammates need to look for him. Like it's it's all of it, and I don't think Jalen pouting after the game is really a good look, and I don't know if if it's going to help much, but we'll I, see. I I also think like, um, I don't know. It, it's it's hard. That's why it's so hard to be a coach because. You have to take a look at all of this because what happens if you bench smart and then he loses the locker room, right? And then it's like a shit show from that. So I think that's what he's holding out for is that smart is like the longest tenured player on the team and has, you know, is what the Celtics are basically. But benching him, you know, might have social repercussions in the locker room that you can't quantify. So that's an issue. Yeah, guys, that's why it's so hard. Guys- you guys said it. Your alpha can't be your sixth best offensive yeah. score. He thinks he's he, as good as Tatum and Brown. Yeah. But it's like, and, and, you know, you look at a team like the Sixers where PJ Tucker's kind of that alpha, but he's not that alpha on offense. He's just that alpha, like in the locker room and yeah. in the huddles and on the court. As a leader. But, yeah. Yeah. He's just a leader, but doesn't want to assume any offensive responsibility. And I don't even know if Smart wants to assume this much offensive responsibility down the stretch. Like, I think he, he might. He really, I don't, might, I, I agree but, with Butsy. I don't, think, I, I don't think he could. Like, why would you? Like, he, yeah. I think he's smart enough to understand that he has Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on the floor with him. I don't think he wants to be taking these shots in these huge moments. Not that he I doesn't he, want to. No, he believes like, he can confident. make. He believes he can make every shot, 
but doesn't it feel like the ball just finds him like it does. in every big moment? And it's like it's a wide open shot. Do we do we not want our yeah point guard to shoot an open three? Like I don't know. It's a weird. It's that weird like age old debate where it's like, do you just force your best player to take the shot, or do you make the right play? Because yeah, with I mean, smart, the, the, it's just it it happens over and over again. Yeah, it, the I mean, ball just finds him because people leave him. The best players, the ones that are the A tier or S tier, like the top you know, whatever in the league, the reason they're so hard to find is because the ball finds them in the moment, like you said, Jordan, but they also have that force factor where there's an X factor associated with them, a clutchness gene that, you know, the top 0.001% of humans have where they can just hit a shot under extreme stress. Like Devin Booker has that gene. Devin Booker hit, you know, like he was like triple teamed at one point and hits a massive three. Um, that's the, like Steph Curry has that gene. Jimmy Butler has that gene. There's a specific, but again, didn't Landry Shamit close the game for the Suns? He has that gene. Yeah. Yeah. He, he might have that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but he was hot. They, like he was hot in that instance and they weren't like, I, I guarantee you they ran, they run a play. They're not looking, uh, maybe they are looking for Shamit in that one game. No, but that's hot. what I, that's exactly what I mean. We're not looking yeah. for smart. Like we're just not getting good looks and then smarts wide open. Yeah. We accidentally so... talked to a lot of Celtics. Yeah, we. Yeah, accent. well, I, I'm gonna close this with one thing. I had this debate with my dad in the car uh, on the way home from wherever my grandpa's the other day, and it was like, "Would you rather have Tatum take a turnaround fadeaway where he's getting doubled, right, or would you rather have Smart take that shot?" And my dad was like, "I'd rather have Tatum take that turnaround fadeaway, getting double teamed." And I was like, "You're gonna be cussing Tatum out if he takes that shot." He's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, yes, you would be because you I'm like it's a lose lose. Like your best player should be able to hit those shots. But like if he misses, he's getting fucking reamed for taking a bad shot. But it's also like that's your best player. That's what he should be doing. But then also it's like, do you want to default to yeah. smart open three? It's 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 a really weird in the middle area because we don't have a go to guy down the stretch. I think and that bit- is fucking killing us. Yeah, I'm done. I, I'm, we're done. We're done. Celtics talk. We well, I think I think at this I think at this point, <laughs> I just would rather Tatum take a shot because for the the fact that it's like him and Brown have combined less shots in the clutch time than smart does by himself. So at this point, him just taking a final shot would be better. I agree. Him. Yeah. All Jordan, right. Any final thoughts? <laughs> Are the Nuggets going to win tonight? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm, I, dude, I fucking love this series. Like. It's been it, we got robbed with the Clippers Suns because uh, Kawhi, you know, sits out and tears his MCL. We're getting it. We're getting it. The NBA gods are making it back up for us with this series. I don't know what, what the fuck's going to happen, but I'm going to sit there and watch it and enjoy every second of it. Nuggets. How good is you like the Nugs? I, like I do the like the Nugs. I like the I like Nuggets the at home. I, I think but, Denver's a really tough place to play, and I think they're playing yeah. really good right now. Despite them losing the other day, they put up 124. Yeah, like, yeah, altitude. They're playing really good basketball. Yeah. I do think the KD mindset switch is a real thing. I don't think Booker can keep this up where he's shooting 80% and he's literally not Hot take a there, single... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to get tested, by the way. He's got to get tested for something. He may or may not continue to shoot 80%, but <laughs> I'm going to lean towards not. Uh, I I think KD has realized that he has to be more aggressive and he can't sit in the corner. I think Monty Williams realized that he can't just be a really expensive and well-paid shooter. Yeah. Um, so I think that changes the series a little bit, and I'm believing more in the Suns. But strictly due to take integrity, I will stick with the Nuggets because I, I said like integrity. a couple pods ago. 
<laughs> yeah. I said a couple of pods ago that I was all out on the Suns, so I will, I'll, I'll continue with that. But how yeah. good is the NBA right now, like, dude? Hold no on. one knows who's gonna are, win. The playoffs are fucking awesome right now. Like, they are so addicting. It's the, like the parody that we've been begging for, like, yeah. since the Super Team era. However, like, fun the the Kevin Durant Warriors were and the LeBron Heat were to watch, like. This is more fun when you want to watch every single game and you have no idea what's going to happen. And it's uh, we're the owners. I don't think we talked about it on the show, but the the owners had their meeting right with the NBA Player Association, and they went through their rule changes and everything for the upcoming season. This is where we got the um, midseason tournament that's going to be implemented this year to make the regular season worth it. One thing that doesn't get talked about a lot, and that is really important is I've been talking about the media rights deal on this podcast a lot. You guys know what uh, you guys have heard me mention that, right? Yeah. Um so the media rights deal is basically the NBA is going to be open to make a new media rights deal. This happened a while ago and their cap spike completely, you know, went crazy and because of that the super era team start the super team era started where teams like the Warriors uh were able to afford a bunch of max guys on one team because they had unlimited cap brought in well not unlimited but they had really high cap numbers brought in by new media deals that are way that make the NBA way more money. So that the new media deal is going to happen again and it's going to be huge for all sports and you're going to see a lot of cap changes. What the NBA did which is awesome is that you're only getting like 15% of the cap revenue per year now rather than all of it at the same time. So now those cap spikes aren't going to happen so super teams are not going to be a thing you're still going to have to work within your cap uh, range, which I fucking love because this is way better than having super teams, right? Yeah, and and the thing is too, like with the Warriors, you mentioned they they were still willing to pay the luxury tax. So there's yeah. going to be teams that that are you know owners are absurd. I mean, all owners are absurdly wealthy, but what owners are willing to spend money on the teams and what owners are still willing to pay the luxury tax? I think those yeah. teams are still going to benefit, obviously. Um, but this is going to make the league a lot more interesting. It's going to make it a lot more balanced, I think. Um, I, I do believe that tanking will still be a thing. Um, I, I don't think it'll be as bad in, in the coming years because obviously Wemby and Scoot are two of the greatest, uh, not Scoot, but Wemby's obviously Wemby, probably the yeah. greatest, one of the greatest draft prospects since fucking LeBron. I think like, he is the it, biggest since LeBron right now. Yeah, yeah. He might even be bigger than LeBron. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, actually, I don't think he's going to stay healthy, but that's another conversation for another time. Uh, it's going to make the league a lot more interesting. I think the, like, the middle-of-the-pack teams are going to have a big chance to to go fight for something now. Um, I think they could add some pieces that could make them you know, a little more competitive when you look at, like, not, I mean, Indiana's not middle-of-the-pack, but they still had some decent pieces, like, you know, Halliburton I, and, and Turner. Like, fucking love Indiana. You know, yeah, you, you, add a, you add a stud there, like, that That makes that team fun to watch. Orlando? Um Orlando, that makes that team fun to watch. Even yeah. Detroit or um, Detroit I mean, Houston, or well, fucking Houston. That's what yeah. I was thinking of. Whoever yeah. gets Wemby, you know, yeah, you can add another stud on that team and it makes them really fun to watch. So um, yeah. it's good for the league. It's good for basketball. It's good for everyone. Let's talk about Houston for a sec. Just a quick sec. Um, Have you heard what's been coming out from there? Yeah, a lot. E- yeah, Ime's like win now mode and they're saying they're open to trading Jalen Green. Um, The names that I've heard of like Draymond, Jalen Brown, um, were the two kind of big ones that they were looking at. They also talked about, um, oh, who's the guy in Portland that they signed? I forget his name. He's He played on Detroit. Um, he was really good there. Then he went to Denver, and now he's on Portland. I forget his name. The, I have no idea. 
Oh shoot! All right, yeah, I'll look. Right here, you're talking about. Anyways, dude, um, would a would a Draymond, Jalen Brown led Houston team be a win now team though? Like, is that no, they, that's they, how they far away they are? It's just it's just a Draymond and no, Jalen Brown. Like, okay, yeah, maybe a Wemby. Yeah, they need Wemby. They're, well, they're adding they're adding a bunch of different like they're 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 talking about um you know a bunch of different players that they're gonna add. I don't know. It, it's just interesting. It seems like they're looking to not be terrible and they're looking to win now instead of you know um just be awful and i guess build for the future because they they're they're really weird they they didn't have a you know direction and i was talking about jeremy grant um they didn't really have a direction you know so i don't know houston looks like they're gonna make some weird moves this offseason they're gonna clean house uh, general manager everything so it'll be interesting to see what happens any other nba thoughts they're gonna be a yeah there's gonna be a team to keep an eye on um i think they have a lot of potential I, but I do think it also greatly revolves around Wemby. Like, if yeah. they get Wemby, then all of these moves make a lot of sense, and 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 it's a really interesting team to watch. But if they don't get Wemby, it's just a bunch of weird pieces that might not fit together, like Draymond Brown and Jeremy Grant with um, Alperen Shangun. That sounds like a goddamn. Who's type the of Who's me. the guy? I mean, Auburn. Scoot Scoot's still a really oh. good prospect. Scoot goes one in any other year, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what they've been saying. But I just think, it, I mean, Wemby is like a, you know, he's like just a generational draft prospect. No, I know. Like I know. he's not Wemby. Well, I'm just saying, like if Houston were to get Scoot and they make all these moves, like maybe that still makes sense. Jabari Smith yeah, Jr. It, too. Jabari Smith Jr. That's what I was thinking of. He he kind of stunk last year. Not gonna lie, he he, had he got tough, better. At, he, he got better finding himself. He he, had, he struggled yeah. to find himself. It's really, awful. But, it's awful when it's Kevin Porter Jr. and and Jalen Green passing like not passing. I mean, just running down, shucking up shots. That's that's pretty tough to. Or just trying to dunk on everyone. Yeah, um, that's, that's tough to do. Is you know all these moves are coming out. Uh, you know, stirring about the Rockets. NBA fixed and uh, Rockets possibly getting number one pick. Oh, because all these moves are, are as long as he doesn't go to Rockets. I've heard nothing about Detroit or Orlando. So possibly yeah. or NBA uh, fixed. San Antonio. Um. Yep. God, I I fucking hope he doesn't go to Charlotte. If he goes to Charlotte, that's a lose. That's a loss. That sucks so hard. Charlotte's a rat team. Any other thoughts? I hope the NBA is fixed because the Celtics would play the Lakers in the finals, and I think the NBA would want the Celtics to win. Oh, Ooh, are you sure? What are they about really Vegas? Like Do you think Vegas would want the Celtics to win, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Weirdly, it, it seems let's leave more way. on the bone here, boys. We got we, all right. Leave them wanting more, like they always say. So, all right, that's gonna do it for us here at the Lovecast. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back later with a recap of Nuggets and Suns, as well as Celtic Sixers. So, stay tuned for that. Thank you all for listening. And Yeah. This low mulatto, yeah. you could be a model